0: As we get ready for the 2023 season, a look back at the 2022 season and some storylines to watch for, courtesy of three eye-opening statistics from NFL's Next Gen Stats. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, hey, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows here on the Locked On Network on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to give a special shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in here with us on Locked On Dolphins on a daily basis. Dolphins. Locked on Dolphins, your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today, Next Gen Stats have done some digging through Next Gen Stats and the numbers of last year and found some eye-opening numbers that I think tell some really interesting stories pertaining to the Dolphins and where they were last year and some special things that they did, but also some opportunities uh, to, to continue to do things with a rarefied air that, uh, I think paints a very good picture about the identity of this football team and where it can continue to get better and what the identity of this football team is. So, we're going to start with team speed, courtesy of Next Gen Stats. And the statistic that I'm looking for in particular is the 20 fastest GPS times in miles per hour by NFL players throughout the course of the entire season. How many Miami Dolphins plays do you think made it on the list? You have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert. You got some speedsters on defense. What would you do if I told you that there were 20 plays last year that tracked at least 21.25 miles per hour as the top maximum speed, and the Dolphins faced more plays Than they had players on the actual list. So, for all of the discussion around the team speed, there is meat on the bone here for the Dolphins. You don't have all this speed to have one guy, one play be on this list. Jalen Waddell checked in at sixth at 21.68 miles per hour, according to Next Gen Stats GPS timing. That is the fastest Miami Dolphins player by at least. Oh, geez, I put myself in a corner. 0.43 miles per hour. Do the quick math here. Nailed that. And only five players tracked a GPS time faster in 2022. But yet no other dolphin got on this list. The full list, Paris Campbell, 22.11 miles per hour. Kenneth Walker, Seattle, 22.09. Those are the only GPS times in excess of 22 miles per hour. And then Brees Hall, New York Jets, Deshaun Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, Christian Watson, Green Bay Packers. Jalen Waddell comes in sixth. Dalvin Cook, 21.68. That was in week 10. Travis Etienne, Devin Duvernay. That came on the kickoff return against the Dolphins in week two to open the game. Tariq Woolen, cornerback. Kobe Durant, cornerback. Rashad Bateman, that also came against the Dolphins on the slant route for the 75-yard touchdown that the Dolphins gave up against Avian Howard. Tutu Atwell, Chase Claypool, Rashad Penny, Saquon Barkley, Dallas Flowers, Naeem Hines, Jalen Rager, Terry McLaurin. Those were the GPS times in excess of 21.25 miles per hour according to the next gen stats. And the Dolphins got more plays against them than they actually had plays on the field with all of the speed that the Dolphins have assembled. So I don't view this as necessarily a bad thing. But it does make you ask the question, how do we get these players out in the open field more? And not just the open field, but uncapped down the field with no one in front of them. That is the next step for the Dolphins because you have now Devon A. Chain in the mix along with Raheem Mostert and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That Waddle play came against Green Bay, and that was, by the way, the most uh, spectacular single play uh, performance of yards after catch of any play in the NFL last year, according to Next Gen Stats. The difference uh, on that 86 yard touchdown uh, from Jalen Waddell was expected uh, yards after catch was four, based on the corner that was on the other side of the field. That Next Gen Stats would say, statistically speaking, usually that corner makes that play. Waddle made a miss, got up the sideline. Obviously, that's where you got to see the game-breaking speed. It um, felt like we were really close to getting a couple of those from Tyreek Hill last year. Uh, whether they were quick-hitting throws on the perimeter, whether they were uh, some deep comebacks, uh, the end around, you, you saw these instances where he kind of touched the ball. I'll never forget one of the first touches he took against New England uh, in the season opener last year, and you like held your breath watching him go because it was just so electric, but when there's players capped over top of you as the ball carrier, it's difficult to to really press into that full acceleration and get to, to full speed. You saw that with Waddle because he broke the outside contain, got up the sideline, had a safety that was in the middle of the field over the top that then had to scrape over and try and get over top of Waddle, and he gave him a fake, and then got in the open and outran everybody into the end zone, uh, with the exception of maybe Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill went strike for strike with him, but That's just a very interesting and eye-opening statistic for me to hear about the Dolphins' speed and then actually see the final list of the top 20 plays individually from a GPS timing perspective and to see, Miami, you got one and you caught more than you got last year. That's something that I would certainly hope, I mean, teams that are on here multiple times. Seattle's on here three times. Kenneth Walker, Tariq Woolen, and Rashad Penny all got on this list. Uh, Indianapolis is on here multiple times between Dallas Flowers and Paris Campbell. Baltimore's on here twice, and they hit both of those against the Dolphins. Minnesota's on here between Jalen Rager and Dalvin Cook multiple times as well. And Baltimore also had Deshaun Jackson a little later in the season. So uh, there is ample opportunity for the Dolphins to get more and we've we've thought about this, right? The run, run after catch, we want to yak teams to death, and it was something that other than Waddle, who got such a big explosive play against Green Bay, and he hit another one for a big explosive play and run after catch against the Bills, there's not too much evidence of the Dolphins yakking teams to death except for Waddle getting hot late in the year. So I certainly think that is an element of this offense, hopefully with, consistent quarterback play uh, and availability and year two in the system, you get more free runners in open space up the sideline. Because if you get that, you're going to have a number of dolphins on this list next year. So it was very, pretty eye-opening to only see one. Also, what is eye-opening is the nutrition facts on built Bars. Built Bars are a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're absolutely positively delicious. Right now, you can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, save 15% off your next order. You can get a single flavor box, you can get a variety box, or you can go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, get yourself a four-bar box. You can go to Sam's Club, get a 13-bar box, pop one open in the car, ride home, and still have a dozen waiting for you when you pull in the driveway. It is the life hack you didn't know you needed, the world's most delicious-tasting protein bar. built.com Walmart, Sam's Club, go pick yourself up a box and thank us. Uh, but go pick up a box after you finish this episode of Locked on Dolphins or or listen to it in the car on your way to Walmart or Sam's Club the next stat that is eye opening to me courtesy of Next Gen stats there are a number of eye opening statistics for Tyreek Hill individually that that encapsulate his excellence as a football player but this was one that really caught my eye. Tyree Kill, according to Next Gen Stats, had 3.3 average yards of separation per target last season. 3.3 yards. There's plenty of players who outperformed that number individually, but there's a lot of context that's missing when you look at yards of separation. Am I a tight end that runs underneath squat routes against zone coverage? And it's third and eight, and I get thrown the ball two yards over top of the ball, and the defender playing in zone is playing the sticks. Well, guess what? I have six yards of separation there for no other reason than the coverage that was called and where I was thrown the football. So if you have a high number of separation, but you're not a player that pushes your routes down the field, it's not overly impressive in a lot of cases. And I think that's case in point when you look at separation numbers in next-gen stats, you see a lot of tight ends. You see a lot of players who aren't players that are running the routes that develop far down the field. But Tyree Kill, average air yards of target is 12.2 air yards per target. With 3.3 yards of separation. That's a, a pretty outstanding number. I mean, that, that across that kind of volume too, 170 targets for Tyreek Hill. To quantify that, here are the other players in the NFL. They're 17 in total. With 3 yards of separation and an average air yards depth of target of at least 10 yards. I'm going to read you the whole list, and we're going to talk through it. And I'm going to read you the list in order of their uh, depth of target down the field. Starting with the highest number. Tyquan Thornton, New England Patriots. Mack Hollins, Las Vegas Raiders. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore, New York Jets. Darnell Mooney, Chicago Bears. Nelson Aguilar, New England Patriots. Jerry, Judy, Denver Broncos, Greg Dulcich, Denver Broncos, Olamide Zaccheaus, Trelon Burks, Tennessee Titans, Tyler Lockett, Hollywood Brown, Justin Jefferson, Ceedee Lamb, Mark Andrews, Kendrick Bourne. Tyquan Thornton, highest on this list, his average depth of, of target on routes was 14 yards on all of his targets. Uh, Bourne and Andrews came in right at 10, and then you had Jefferson and Lamb at 10.3 on the bottom end of that spectrum. But what helps to paint this picture is to look at this through the lens of volume, right? There's a difference between Tyquan Thornton getting 45 targets on the season and Tyreek Hill getting 170. So if you filter this list in order of volume of targets, this list gets cut in half. There are eight players on this list who had less than 90 targets on the season, and none of them had more than 65. So you could take Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney, Olamide Zacchaeus, Greg Dulcich, only tight end, or him and, and Dulcich, and Mark Andrews, only two tight ends on this list. And Dulcich, uh, 55 targets, 3.5 yards of separation, 11.5 average depth of target. I mean, that's really impressive numbers for a tight end. Uh, but Elijah Moore, Darnell Mooney, Olamide Zaccheaus, Greg Dulcich, Traylon Burks, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and Tyquan Thornton. You take those names out of the mix. They had anywhere between forty five and sixty five targets on a seventeen game season. That leaves you with nine names. Matt Collins had ninety four targets. twelve point seven. Average depth of target, three yards of separation. I think that leaves you with the players who had hundred targets or more. are the this this is highly impressive. Because you have volume, 100-plus targets. Your average depth of target is at least 10 yards downfield, and you averaged at least 3 yards of separation. That list, in order of the targets and volume that they received in the passing game last year, Justin Jefferson, three point three or 3.1 yards of separation, 10.3 depth of target, 184 targets. Guys working down the field, getting all the footballs in the world, and still... Significant amounts of separation. Tyree Kill, 170 targets, 14 less. He had better depth of target and better separation than Justin Jefferson last year. 3.3 versus 3.1 and 12.2 versus 10.3. He ran his routes an extra 2 yards downfield and averaged 0.2 yards more of separation than Justin Jefferson. Almost an extra foot of separation on average while working 2 yards downfield. C.D. Lamb is the other super volume player out of this list, 156 targets, so he had 14 less than Tyreek, and Tyreek had 14 less than Justin Jefferson. And C.D. Lamb posted identical numbers to Justin Jefferson. That is your, your upper trio of depth of target separation, volume superstars in the NFL this year. Tyreek Hill head and shoulders above the other two. Now, the other tier, it's all between 100 and 120 targets. Jalen Waddell, 3 yards of separation, 12 yards depth of target downfield. Tyler Lockett, 3.5, 10.9. Mark Andrews, 3.1 yards of separation, 10 yards downfield, 113 targets versus 117 for both Waddle and Lockett. Hollywood Brown, 3.3 yards of separation, 10.9 depth of target, 107 targets. And then Jerry Judy, 3.7, the highest number on this list, 3.7 yards of separation average depth of target on 100 targets. So you put a couple filters on these raw numbers to contextualize players that are, are getting a certain amount of volume. The only two players in the NFL last season to receive over 100 targets and have three yards of separation or more and an average depth of target or more of 12 yards were Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, The only two NFL wide receivers last year. 100 plus targets, 12 yards depth of target or further downfield. Three yards of separation or better per target. <sighs> Does that not paint the, the picture of who this football team is offensively? And the nice thing about that, the nice thing, that's not scheme. Scheme helps. That, that's just undefendability. That is superstar ability, your X-Factor ability if you were a Madden player. They both have route running, dynamic first-step explosiveness, elite short-area quickness. Numbers speak for themselves. You put th- three filters on next-gen stats, and you get two players. It's a volume stat, as a control stat versus, uh, say, Elijah Moore, 3.1 yards of separation, 12 yards downfield. He got half the targets of those other two guys across a full 17 games. Darnell Mooney cutting people up, 3.6 yards of separation, 11.7 yards downfield, 61 targets. Tyreek Hill got 3x the volume. So you have a control filter for volume, and you have two two measures of volume or uh, of success. Wadlin Hill, that's the list. It's pretty impressive. But that also extends to the quarterback play, and I think this is where Miami uh, is hoping for repeated success. And we're going to finish with that here on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. Tuitonga to Valoa. Posted the NFL's highest average air yards per completion in the league last year, 8.5 yards. So every time he completed a pass, on average, it was 8.5 air yards. That number is 1.1 yards greater than the next best total in the entire league, which was matched by Josh Allen. And Mitchell Trubisky at 7.4. So you have statistically a phenomenal outlier. I mean, you, you are leaps and bounds off the charts in front of all the other quarterbacks in the NFL. And the impressive thing about Tua Valoa and what he was able to do was he did that with an average time to throw across 400 attempts of 2.6 seconds. That shot clock, right? Internal clock, get the ball out of your hand. Timing-based offense. Back foot hits the ground, ball is out. There were only 20 sacks in the NFL last year that were taken by quarterbacks in which the time from the snap to when the quarterback hit the ground and the play was over happened in less than two and a half seconds. 20. Again, courtesy of Next Gen Stats. So Tua's average time to throw was only one-tenth of a second longer than the 20 fastest sacks across, what, 32,000 defensive snaps in the NFL last year? Approximately? So it's a timing-based offense. You're not leaving a lot of opportunity. I think that's, that's again, the number one driving point home for Tua Tagovailoa this offseason is get the ball out of your hands, get to your checkdowns, stay on schedule. Don't take negative plays, don't take unnecessary hits. Especially with the potency that this receiving group has. But that number relative to sacks taken is even more impressive when you put it through the lens of what the average time to throw was of the other quarterbacks who completed within two yards of Tua's air yards per completion of 8.5. So Tua on 400 attempts... Had an average air yards per completion of 8.5 yards, which was 1.1 yards better than the next best total in the entire NFL. And he did it in 2.6 average seconds from snap to throw, according to Next Gen Stats, on 400 attempts. I'm going to read you the other seven names. There's only seven that, that had an average air yards per completion of at least 6.5, so within two yards of two, his number the last year. Josh Allen. 567 attempts, 7.4 air yards per completion on average, and he held the ball 2 point, or 0.22 seconds longer on average across 567 attempts than Tua Tagovailoa did. 2.87 was his average time to throw last year. Mitchell Trubisky, on 180 attempts, had an average air yards per completion of 7.4, and he held the ball... longer than Tuatango below 2.76 seconds. Marcus Mariota had 300 attempts last year. Had an air yards per completion average of 7 on the dot. And he held the ball on average .33, one third of a second longer across 300 snaps than Tuatango below 2.93 seconds total. Sam Darnold, 140 attempts last season. 6.9 Air yards per completion on average across 140 attempts. And his average time to throw was near was over, excuse me, a half a second. It was nearly two-thirds of a second longer on 140 attempts, 3.24 seconds on average versus 2.6 for two. Taylor Heineke, 259 attempts, 6.7 air yards per completion on average, 2.95, over a third of a second longer. For Taylor Heineke. I got two more for you. Jacoby Brissett, 369 attempts, 6.5 air yards per completion on average, and he held the ball 2.89 seconds, so almost three tenths of a second longer on average across 369 attempts. And Justin Fields, 318 attempts last season, 6.5 air yards per completion on average, and he held the ball 3.12 seconds from snap to release, according to Next Gen Stats, across 318 attempts. So let's say you put a control filter on this as well, like what we did with uh, the receiving numbers with Next Gen Stats. You eliminate. Let's let's say you need to have at least three hundred attempts to qualify. That leaves you with five quarterbacks. Josh Allen had the most, five sixty-seven. Tua Tagovailoa four hundred was second on this list. Jacoby Brissett third, three hundred and sixty-nine attempts. Justin Fields three eighteen. Marcus Mariota three hundred. The average air yards per completion of those quarterbacks, Allen 7.4, Tua 8.5, Jacoby Brissett 6.5, Justin Fields 6.5, Marcus Mariota 7. And their average times to throw, uh, none of them came within .27 seconds. All a quarter of a second longer than Tua Tungvaloa. The average across all of these quarterbacks, including Tua Tungvaloa, uh, was 2.92 seconds. If you omitted to a tongue of a low, the average was two point nine seven seconds for these quarterbacks with their time to throw to get six point five or above. and Tua off the chart's best with distance downfield and off the charts best and fastest with time to throw. This tells you a lot about who this dolphin's offense is. It is the affirmation, that it's the blend of the quarterback and the blend of the players. Well, stylistically, and that's why it's important to have other man beaters, other quick players that can separate quickly, like a Braxton Berrios in the slot. It's important why you have another vertical down the field threat. And it chose an Anderson to run vertical routes and space the field vertically to still establish that lift when you want to do other stuff with the receivers. This is not an all too a tongue of aloa and it's not an all Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Case in point, look at the quarterback play with Miami last year with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill when Tua was wasn't in. It's complementary skill sets compounding off of each other, and what you get when it's on the field is a, literally an unparalleled combination of timing offense with depth down the field. Nobody else can do it. Next-gen stats told you so. Numbers don't lie. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. If you enjoyed the show, like, hit subscribe, check us out on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Shout out to our everydayers. I am out of here for now and make it a great rest of your day. I'll be back again soon to talk about more Miami Dolphins football. Peace.